coach. At a restaurant, a cockroach suddenly flew in from somewhere and landed on a woman's lap. Panic etched on her face, and voice trembling, she started jumping about with both hands desperately trying to rid herself of the cockroach without actually touching it. She finally managed to push the cockroach away, but it landed on another woman at her own table. Now it was the second woman's turn to continue with the drama. A waiter rushed forward to their rescue. In the midst of the commotion, the cockroach soon landed on the waiter. But the waiter remained calm. He watched the cockroach, and just at the right moment, he grabbed it with his fingers and threw it outside of the restaurant. Peace was restored, and everyone returned to their tables. But consider the scene for just a moment. Exactly what caused all the histrionics? The cockroach? If so, why was the waiter able to respond to the situation to near perfection without any chaos, without any anxiety? Oh, see, it wasn't the cockroach. But it was the inability of those people to handle the tumult caused by the cockroach's presence that caused all the chaos and uproar. See, when confronted by another's anger, it's not the shouting or the tension that causes the stress. It's our inability to respond to the problem. It's not the traffic jam itself or the sales clerk's incompetence or the computer freezing that are disturbing. It's usually because of our inability to deal creatively and effectively with the situation. More than the problem, it's usually our reaction to the problem that creates the chaos in our lives. See, every life, every life is burdened, burdened by disappointments, hurts, quandaries of all sorts, and predicaments that most of us have no power to control. But Jesus invites us in this gospel to embrace the sense of fulfillment and purpose that can only be realized by learning, learning from his example, learning from an example of humility, gratitude, to take on his yoke of selfless service to one another as we journey together to that very dwelling place of God. Oh, the stress level in our world today is skyrocketing. There are so many problems facing society that most people feel just completely overwhelmed. It seems as though one crisis after another breaks out with no relief and no end in sight. If it's not the economy, it's the environment. If it's not the environment, it's war. If it's not the war, it's racial and ethnic tensions. All difficulties wearing us down, wearing down our hope. And it makes it difficult for us to be optimistic about our futures. Oh, you don't have to look far to see the effects of despair 
and disillusionment, we see it in increased boredom in the young. We see it in the increased isolation, those growing a little older. We even feel it in our own bodies as stress weighs down our spirits. It's in this climate of fear and hopelessness that we hear Jesus speak the words of consolation. Probably my favorite passage, come to me, all who labor and are burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy, my burden light. See, at the time of Jesus, of course, the yoke that he's speaking of is that for the Mosaic law that overshadowed the people who were listening to Jesus, they were yoked because they lived in fear of the law, of breaking the smallest little piece of the letter of the law. They were completely overwhelmed by trying to get it right. And Jesus, using the imagery, of course, of the yoke, the time of Jesus, the yoke for the oxen, designed and crafted, of course, in wood, was always designed for a particular animal, and it was always designed for two oxen, not one. He's simply saying, I'm connected to you. Take my yoke upon you. I'm right here with you. Isn't that our biggest challenge? thinking that somehow we're alone, we're forgotten. God doesn't hear us. He hears the woman across the street. She always gets her answers to all her prayers, but nothing happens with my prayers, Father. And yet, Jesus so well understands all of our stress, all of our fears, our anxieties, for he himself experienced it all. From the day he was born, he knew poverty. When Herod sent soldiers to kill all the children in Bethlehem, he experienced having to flee political oppression to live as an immigrant in a foreign country. In Nazareth, he labored as a carpenter. Most of us tend to think and we see pretty pictures of Jesus like making tables and chairs, but the word in scripture used for carpenter, he was probably more like a stonemason who built foundations and buildings. Probably crafted some wood. He knew what it was like to be exhausted, to be taken advantage of, to somehow push through his pain. And when he went about in the countryside preaching good news, he experienced ridicule, rejection, abandonment, betrayal, and death. So when he invites you and me to journey with him, especially when we feel hopeless and discouraged, you can believe that he understands. We can believe that he hears 
the cry of our hearts. We can believe that he is the one who can give us rest. So a little funny little story. So it was hot this week. If you know anything about MS, really the greatest enemy to MS is heat. Um, some of you probably noticed even before Mass, I had a small fan around my neck because if I can keep my body temperature down, my muscles continue to respond to the message that they receive or aren't receiving so well from the brain. But with heat, the muscles pretty much just stop functioning. So on Wednesday, after a few days of heat, and especially Tuesday being outside in the sun and the heat with the parade, I was in the mode of falling. So after my first fall, I just kind of reached out to the Lord and said, just let me know somehow that you're right here with me. I've been working on the homily. So fell a second time, and by the third fall, I thought, Okay, now I know what you're trying to show me. I came into church and I looked at the third time Jesus falls on the way in the stations of the cross, and I thought, okay, enough. <laughs> you don't have to prove to me anymore that you're with me. I get it. You're with me. But I did get it. Because every time he fell, he got up and he walked again. And every time I fell, I got up again and I walked again. And isn't that what we do in our lives? We fall, we get up again. We fall, and we get up again. And we fall. And the next time you're wondering if you can get up again, just remember, you're not getting up alone. Jesus is right there getting up with you.